Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. Yes, we do. Welcome to Mast S134. I am your co host, Sarah D. Bunting, and we are about to hear uh, from my marvelicious co-host Mark Blankenship about why we are talking about the Gin Blossoms Hey Jealousy today uh, and his journey um, of deciding whether to talk about this song and deciding when we should talk about this song. You you really went on quite a, a trip with with this choice, Mark. Tell us more. I did. So yes, as you said, I've brought to the table today as one of my selections, uh, Hey, Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. And you and I, Sarah, both on this podcast and offline in our actual lives, have talked about the Gin Blossoms a lot, but only in a glancing way. It's It's been one of those, uh, they've been one of those acts where we'll say, yes, we should talk about them someday. And then we sort of skitter off and do other things. Rihanna is another one of those. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah I, what are we doing? And uh, <laughs> I find myself just thinking about the Gin Blossoms songs a lot. I, and I have and have always done. And then the other day when we were having one of our check-in conversations to talk about what should come next, and it was up to me to figure out what I was going to pick, I was like, well, I want to do the Gin Blossoms, but don't we do – we're doing too many 90s songs. And, and, and Oh, no, F it. I'm just doing the Gin Blossoms. So finally I just decided now was the time, not least because recently I just went through one of my phases where I listened to the five or six Gin Blossom songs that I love all in a row and really enjoyed them. Um, and without further ado, and before I get into all of the reasons I would love to talk about this song, let's listen to a clip of Hey Jealousy. You can trust me not to think and not to sleep around. If you don't expect too much from me, you might not be. I can remember the first time I ever heard this song. It's I was in high school. I had MTV on. I was doing something else in my bedroom. And I stopped and paid attention because I found this song so immediately compelling. And I have to say that after 25 years almost, I still love this song as much as I have ever loved it. It's one of the rare songs that I never get tired of listening to. There is something so melodically satisfying about it, and it is just it's so beautiful. I just think the music the, the melody of the song is so beautiful, and the the lead singer's voice to me is the perfect instrument for singing this type of song. I know he's not the one who wrote it, and we'll get into all that, but his voice to me is perfect in conveying the uh hopeful heartache of that's needed to tell this story about going to your ex's house and basically throwing yourself on their mercy and saying, I just for one night need to feel like I matter. 
and I'm too fucking drunk to go anywhere, and I'm going to make a bunch of promises to you that I can't keep if you'll just stick with me tonight, and then tomorrow we'll just go, and we'll have fun, and it'll be great, and we'll get away from all this shit, and I just find that so honest and believable. There's something so real about the desperation in this song that it... I know we have talked about this Get Out Your Mastis Bingo cards so much that this song is very, very peppy to be about something so sad, but the energy of the desperation that you have to have to knock on someone's door in this way requires this type of music, I feel. And it's just, it it hits all of the pleasure centers in my brain. The, The complexity of the emotion, the appeal of the melody, and also just lines like, uh, uh, Tomorrow we can drive around this town and let the cops chase us around. The past is gone, but something might be found to take its place. What a perfect pop lyric. So this is also emblematic of a larger relationship I have with the most popular songs of the Gin Blossoms. Because for all of my love for this song, I really never bought either one of their albums. I don't know. I can't explain why. But I have them now in digital form. uh, The songs I like, not the full albums. But songs like Allison Road... Found out about you till I hear it from you. These are all songs that hit me in the same way. They have the same impact on me. They're not all written by the same person. They're written by various members of the band. But I just think that these great Gen Blossom songs are all appealing in the very same way. End of essay. Sarah. Well, when you selected this one, I was, I guess, a little disappointed because. You weren't mad. You're just a little disappointed. (laughs) Oh, and I'm not disappointed about the gin blossoming part of it. Um, Because I think like a year ago, I think you were like, I wouldn't hate talking about the gin blossoms. And I was like, me neither. I think they're kind of maybe terrible, but I don't care. I I enjoy their hits. Um, And found out about you is my favorite gin blossom song but i think that this one was the smarter selection because it's the most them Mm. and it's the most of its time in a good way those jangly guitars and that sort of self-consciously depressed album titling and yeah um, the names of their two albums that were popular were new miserable experience and the even more pathetic and baroque Congratulations. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and that that attitude of like post breakup, trying to stay friends, self-loathing, which you just referred to in that lyric, like the chorus where he's like, well, tomorrow we'll just like drive around and hang out and have uncomplicated fun like we used to. But then they're like, I've been on that day after non-date date in relationships before where what's also in the car with you yes is the fact that he doesn't love you um and that he's never going to be able to get a shit together and you're just going to get hurt again and again and again yeah like that i mean the the speaker of the song is that just you know drunk guy like he's an alcoholic and then the object of the song is this sort of remote you know loved one who finally set a boundary and I was reminded of the demise of this man 
who is singing, Doug Hopkins. Well, no, by um, the time Doug Hopkins is not the singer on this. Uh, this is Robin Wilson who's singing, but Doug Hopkins wrote this song. Oh, uh, okay. By the time this song came out, Hopkins had already been dismissed from the band um, because the record company was like, I mean, it was bad. It was like Jim Morrison peeing on sofas and having the EMTs called on him bad. Um, So he'd been dismissed from the band and he, I think got his gold record and hung it up and then took it down and destroyed it. Yeah. And the end of his life is he goes to detox. He checks himself out after a day or two to go buy a gun. He checks himself back in to this rehab facility and he kills himself. And I mean, once you are reminded of these facts, the, the song takes on the weight of tragedy. Like the first, you know, you listen to it and you're listening to it in the way that we listen to it for prepping this podcast. And all of the things that you talked about, that evocative desperation and the marriage of the fairly peppy and upbeat pace of the song that is sort of underlaid with sadness, knowing that this um, this like bubble of two-ness that you're in is going to end if you're even allowed into it in the first place, because basically the narrator has showed up at this person's door and been like, hi, can I just lie on your couch and maybe you'll feel sorry for me and we can get back together? So that that alone is, you know, it's perfectly evoked and it brought me back to like a specific car with a specific person and being like, Oh my, Oh, you know, been there. Like I totally get this. I've had that day after. And, but then when you know what happened to the guy who wrote the song and the fact that this, the entire experience of this band is basically like, um, when you look up in the night sky and you see the light of a star that, the star is so far away and the light had to travel so many hundreds of thousands of light years that the star has been dead since before earth. Mm. But the light is only just now reaching us. Like that is the gin blossoms, not to be like, you know, (laughs) NASA, NASA melodrama about it, but that's what it made me think of that. This, this guy had already flamed out and their band is named after the broken capillaries that alcoholics get in their face. Yeah. Like it, in their faces. It's just, I, I kind of wish that I could unbraid that information from the information of the song. But at the same time, I kind of don't. Because I think that, you know, going back to this song from 25 years ago, and remembering that time in my own life and moments of desperation and um, involuntary alienation in my own life and um, feeling relieved that it never, that I never felt that it got that bad and feeling like we need to work on gun control. 
like at all in this country. I don't think those are the worst takeaways from a pop song, frankly, because sometimes, the, you know, sometimes things get bigger than you for whatever reason. And I think that's what happened to this song, at least for this listener of it. But, oof, I mean, it's it's really a lot, the story of this band. And yeah. Yeah. But it's also a great song. It's just, you know, I ruined it for everyone. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I've actually, personally, I'm thinking about the fact that I've known about this for a long time, what happened to him. And why hasn't it impacted my love of these songs i of course am aware of it but it doesn't make me feel sad to listen to the song and no me neither it's so it's so interesting it makes me feel a little sad that it is very sad that he never it's very sad that he was such a tortured person and that no amount of artistic ability could get him out of the spirals that he was in. It's very sad that his friends ended up having all of this success without him. And who knows what it must've been like for all of these guys to be going through this. Oh God, for real. And it's very easy to imagine how fraught it must've been for everyone the whole time that this band was doing its thing. But then again, they're still together. So who knows? I, but, and I yeah. think that it's not, I mean, it's a shame to me that he was so well able to convey what it's like to be in the grip of substance abuse in this way. And this feeling of hopelessness, I think, that many people have sort of as they're approaching rock bottom or rolling along on it that you know what how do I make this change how do I go forward that you know there's nothing for me um that he was so good at conveying that um point of view right and but then it took him over and it's it's just really too bad that an artist at an artist of that caliber was apparently not comforted by being an artist of that caliber because here's the problem he still was in the grip of the substance abuse yes. and i you know no one certainly i think blames his bandmates for being like we can't do this with you anymore um you know, it's really interesting but, on the Wikipedia entry for this, the the guy who died, Doug Hopkins, there's slightly different language about what happened than there is on the Wikipedia entry for the Gin Blossoms themselves. Yeah, I did notice that. Like some, it, on the Doug Hopkins page, it says that the bandmates kicked him out. And on the Gin Blossoms page, it's the record company. And, and it just, it's very sad because it just indicates how much pain and sadness there must have been around all of this yeah and i i suspect this was probably a you know battle that had been going on for a while and i think this the um 
there was something in the timeline. I don't remember exactly what it was, and I'm not looking at the page, but I feel like one of these records like came out and then had to be reissued, and it wasn't anything to do with him, but I think there was some kind of conversation with the record company where they're like, all right, we're going to reissue this EP with additional songs and a couple of re-recorded songs as the as um, New Mis- Miserable Experience, I think. But it was like three years later. Yeah. Except it was a l- the hits were from that EP from like 91 or something. And I suspect that the conversation was, we'll repackage this and put it out. But then he's got to go. Yeah. And that's probably what happened. And that's, you know, even if everybody did their best at the time, that's that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's just a lot to, you know, be with in your life and your career after that. But uh, it's really a pity that we're not going to hear more from this guy about, you know, the, the other side. Like if he had gotten sober. Right. Here's here's what this was like. And here's, you know, different struggles that I'm having. And here's and here might be some songs about reunion and reconnecting that seem like they're about love, but are actually about this, about his work and about his bandmates and stuff. I don't know. It's, you know, it's so strange. It's a shame. It's always a shame. Like just, you know, and yet people are in that much pain. It's a shame. And yet the joy that this band's good songs or the songs that I know bring me is so strong. Like, like I said, I could listen to Hey Jealousy every day and I would still be thrilled. I mean, at this point, it's been a quarter of a century and I'm still... Oh, found out about you. Same. That opening... I mean, it's so good. It's so good. It's good craft. So it's like, yeah, this is... This seems to be one of the great questions of our current age, which is, what do we do with our role as the audience when faced with art that we care about uh, and with regard to the lives and choices of the artists? Like, what do we do with that? And Yeah, uh, and I don't think you necessarily have to do anything, but my journey with listening to the song sort of lackadaisically googling about the timeline of its release and then being reminded of this you know the the darkest timeline for this guy um it took nothing away from my pleasure in the song itself and it added to i think it gave it more weight but not in a dragging it down way yeah and what i will also say is that the more i thought about these songs that i like and know the more i think that they're great and that the Jim Blossoms were actually a great band and that they perhaps have been unjustly forgotten as a great pop band from this period because they weren't ever quite in the forefront of the zeitgeist the way that a lot of the grunge bands were. And they didn't yeah. have the overt irony of Weezer, which made them stand out in the mm-hmm. mid nineties. Like, they just they showed up, they made great songs, and they bounced. And they never quite got the traction. But let's not forget the success of what they did. And also, this might sound really callous, but I really am surprised that there was never a behind the music about them. Yeah. 
because this I mean, is maybe I, I imagine that it was probably because everyone at least in, involved directly with the band was like we are not talking about this we can't like, yeah it maybe it was just too maybe yeah. they did yeah but yeah i think that they you know I think that we as a culture need to make more of a place for things that do what they set out to do and are not necessarily um that it's not necessarily like great sort of operatic difficult art. Yes. But it's it sets out to do something. It does exactly that perfectly. And then they're out. Yeah, exactly. To be able to do what it is you want to do with your work is hard. And if your goal is to just make a good thing that fits into the other good thing, the that the, fits into the tapestry of other good things that are currently being made, and you succeed in that goal, that's no small thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, bringing us back to this um, grunge light pop moment in history. And uh, thank you, Doug Hopkins, for your songwriting. And wherever you are, I hope you are at last at peace. And I would just add, congratulations. I'm not sorry I listened to your music. And this was, in many ways, (laughs) a new experience of hearing these songs, but it was not miserable. No, new non-miserable experience. Or just non-miserable experience. How about that? (laughs) Bye. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.